I read a horror story once called Hot Milfs in Your Town. And the guy, basically this guy. Hot Milfs in Your Town. Yeah. Guy gets an ad, says, has a hot milf. Wanting to date you four miles away. And every time it updates, you get closer and closer and closer. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 63 of the Football Absurdity Podcast. My name is Jeff Crisco, and I am your host with my co-hosts, Evan Hoovler and Mike Valverde. Gentlemen, how are you doing today? It's just been a banner couple of weeks for me. I won yeah. that big board for the Fantasy Football Article of the Year, mm-hmm. and I got that. I got a column now at my favorite website, somethingawful.com, and my wife's cancer-free. For anyone tracking that, yeah, it's been a banner month in the Hoovler household. Pretty great. Mike, how are you? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, having my keto coffee and getting set and ready to watch some college players do some college things and get a better idea of what's going on in that yeah. atmosphere starting I miss today. coffee. miss coffee. Drink extra coffee for me. Oh, you got <laughs> it, bud. I'll be drinking it all day. All right, so um, this one's getting to you guys a little late. We have some some technical difficulties. I, as you can tell, I kind of run this operation on the podcast side and my computer. Lots, just, it's fritzes are on the fritz. So it's in the shop right now. I dug out my old one. So um, we, we got it to work, but, uh, but I apologize for this one being late. If you are one of our patrons, you're still getting your podcast on Friday. If you're not one of our patrons, if you want to hear us talk about the combine, we're going to talk about some drills we think don't don't make sense, and some rookies we're excited to see. That's coming on Friday. Um, but today, we're going to be talking about our sleepers. And if you're one of our patrons, uh, patreon.com slash footballabsurdity, you got some of our busts on Friday. Mine was noticeably absent because of the computer issues that I had. Um, but a, a guy that is going at the top of the second round right now, I don't know why, Cortland Sutton. Somebody look into that because I don't understand that. That, wow. would, have been, that would have been my bust. On Fantasy Football Calculator, he's 2.02. He's the second pick of the second round on average. He was on my short list for sleeper. That's how I didn't. What the heck? <laughs> yeah, I, I thought I was big on Cortland Sutton, but that's a lie. So uh, before we get started, boys, the question off the top for you, since, uh, uh, if, you know, people want to know a little bit more about us. So I'm, I'm coming up with different questions. What, and uh, Evan, we'll start with you. What is your favorite fast food Restaurant. Uh, Taco Bell because I'm vegetarian. Uh, okay. Wait, since when are you vegetarian? Uh, January 1st. Okay, I, I was going to I went to my doctor and he said my blood pressure was dangerously high and I told him how much beer I drank and he said I should stop drinking beer and I said I'm not going to drink, <laughs> I'm not going to stop drinking beer and he's like, well, I, you would have to do a bunch of stuff. Like you'd have to quit meat, quit caffeine, uh, uh, lower your sodium by uh, two thirds, and I'm like, "Yep, that's what I'll do." <laughs> like, and I did it. Because <laughs> I was gonna say, I saw you house some fried chicken in New Orleans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say you definitely weren't vegetarian then. <laughs> and it's not a strict rule, you know. Like on my yeah. birthday, I had oysters, stuff like okay. that. Okay. All right, Mike. What about you? Actually, I do not eat fast food anymore. But if I went had to choose a fast food restaurant. Oh wow! I you know what? In and out, in and out, baby. California boy. All of us okay. are California boys. 
Hold the prize. Jeff, did you ask that question because the website on which we met something awful just put in a sub forum for fast food? Actually, I asked that question because I had some Chipotle for lunch and I was curious. And Chipotle is fast casual. My favorite fast food place would be Wendy's uh, spicy chicken sandwich. Is... I didn't know you could count Chipotle as fast food. No, that... I, I, I didn't say it was. I said it's fast oh. casual and it made me think of this. My favorite oh, okay. fast food is okay. Ruth Chris Steakhouse. Yeah. <laughs> my 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 the favorite French... fast food place is the French laundry. <laughs> I was just about to say make a French laundry joke. Nice. <laughs> We're from Northern California, aren't we? There you go. No, see there's and and I listened to a podcast. I actually saw a podcast a couple weeks ago where they uh they uh review fast food places and fast casual places, the Doughboys. And uh, I saw them live in San Francisco, and and that was also sticking in my head. So I just was curious. And I don't really eat fast food either. Um we get uh, Chipotle for the first time in like two weeks uh, because um, you can customize it to your liking and they have the uh, the the protein bowls no 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 rice that's how I did it um, but but yeah I was just curious what your guys' favorite uh, add that the impossible whopper is dope this is how good it tastes it's as unhealthy for you as a regular whopper that's how good it tastes perfect that is perfect yeah I've tried we've tried the uh, the beyond sausages. A couple times, those are pretty good, but yeah, they, they're they're doing a good uh, uh, meat replacement. Um, but my wife and I actually had a vegan meal last night. It was uh, an Indian lentils and rice dish that I made. That was pretty good. So, um, so okay, let's get food chat off to the side, um, and uh, we'll uh, we'll get all the uh, housekeeping out of the way. So, uh, if you found us through the website, Twitter, or I told you about us. You can go subscribe to us on Apple Music, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and wherever you get podcasts. And when you subscribe, please leave a rating and a review if they let you do that. Um, we're everywhere. What was that? We are everywhere. Yeah, we're everywhere. Where you can find it, you should be able to find us everywhere. If you can't, let me know. It's at Jeff Crisco, K R I S K O on Twitter. Mike is RFL Red Zone. Evan is on Facebook, Evan Hoofler. The website is F Ball of they have to be Evan <laughs> Every, everybody has to be on twitter evan is evan hoovler and uh website is fball absurdity but tiny.cc slash absurdity is the discord i think that's right <laughs> i stopped writing it down absurdity is the discord you can join us you can have some chat uh yes that is correct tiny.cc slash absurdity um we're chatting about the uh combine coming up the draft uh some exciting stuff uh going on right now in there and we do have a new sponsor. We used to be brought to you by Draft. We are now brought to you by FanDuel, who absorbed Draft. If you go to FanDuel.com slash football absurdity, sign up, make a deposit. It lets them know that we sent you, and it gives you a free five bucks with deposit. We're about to get into uh, fantasy baseball season coming up. Uh, fantasy basketball is going on right now. Um, they're in a break right now for the All-Star game. Um, but uh, it's a lot of fun. Um, you... You get a budget. Each player costs X number of dollars, and uh, you try to build a lineup. And um, it's a lot of fun during the football season. I dabble in the baseball season. Basketball is—I haven't paid attention to fantasy basketball in years, but uh, it's a lot of fun. It's a different way to play. And again, that's uh, FanDuel.com/slash/FootballAbsurdity. If you make a deposit, um, you get five bucks, and they know that we sent you, and it helps us out a lot. We also have a Patreon. We I mentioned it up off the top. We have two episodes this week because we missed an episode last week of the regular feed. But um, this week we are going to be talking the Combine um, on the bonus feed. And um, in the weeks where we don't have a regular episode, 
um, in the bonus feed, we do get you a post up on Patreon um, during the off season. So you get a, a, a load of content and that's patreon.com slash football absurdity. And we do have somebody who helped us out and they joined the cause and they are an absurdist. Um, it is Sean B. I'm not going to give out people's last names. Sean B. Welcome aboard. Thank you for being an absurdist. You help us grow. You help, you help make this work and uh, you help uh, keep us all sane and together as much as we can. So now that we got all the housekeeping out of the way, we do have a little bit of Super Bowl left to talk about. Um, we brought these up on the main feed, so we thought we'd talk about them on the main feed as well. It is our prop bets review. Uh, we each came up with some prop bets. The guy, you know, all of us bet on them, and uh, we decided to see uh, who would do best with prop bets. And I have the official scoring. I do need to, I didn't tell you guys this, I do need to consult with you guys on one of them because I am willing to uh, uh, help out and uh, give partial credit for a very specific reason. And, and uh, we'll get to that when we get to that. So, Super Bowl prop bets, uh, you know, middle of February is the perfect time to talk about this. But um, I said, where well, the 49ers get two and a half sacks, um, the official line was three and a half sacks. And they actually got that line. They got four sacks on uh, Patrick Mahomes. Uh, Evan chose the under. Mike chose the under. Jeff, me, the consummate homer, chose the over. Um, but I did have a good reason for that. A lot of that had to do with D Ford. So um, were you guys kind of surprised by the four sacks or I... I you know, I know you guys picked the under, but, um, you know, four sacks, that is that is the over. I was. I, I really thought, just based on how, how great that Kansas City offensive line is, they, they're one of the, I think, top five. Uh, great at holding. <laughs> the Super Bowl is never going to go away, Jeff. Great at holding. Never. You're going to be tormented by it for weeks now. Um, but... Yeah, it's it's you know they uh, and then plus when you have a healthy Mahomes who can sort of bootleg it out and get out of the pass rush. I I thought two. I was thinking two, but four. No. Yeah, uh, I mean, I mean, when when you, I was surprised they got four just because you know the Kansas City offensive line can just hold Nick Bosa all day and it doesn't matter. <laughs> I'm just being sour. Evan, do you have any surprising thing about the uh, the sack total for the Super Bowl? I don't remember there being four sacks. Yeah, there was three. There was two right off the bat, and then um, the other two just kind of trickled in throughout the game. Uh, I was doing a lot of cooking. I bet you I just happened to be out of the room for the cook for that. Yeah, probably. You should have had your kids uh, say, "Hey, when that guy gets tackled, let me know." They were following me because they're more into food. Oh, okay. All right, did, fair enough then. Uh, did anybody? And I hate to say, "Hey, Jeff, go back and watch this game," but. Did anybody notice, and I could be right or wrong, I don't really remember, but um, I'm pretty sure I'm right, is when Bosa went out, like in the end or the third quarter, I believe it was, somewhere around there. Yeah, it was, in the, it was around the third quarter he was out for a little bit. That that the whole offense changed for the Chiefs? Oh, yeah. I mean, that that's when they started to, well, they start. Uh, uh, I mean, yeah, Bosa was a real disruptive force, and they were able to get a little bit more time. So I, I don't know if it was a one-to-one -one specifically, but I wouldn't be shocked uh, if that's what led to the, uh, the the Chiefs starting to come back. So, um, But let's not belabor that point. Evan does have a hard out, folks. So after one prop bet, Jeff had one point, Mike had zero points, and Evan had zero points. 
Um, my next prop bet, because uh, I just put these in order that they were put in the dock, uh, Raheem Mostert plus George Kittle yards or Damian Williams plus, plus Travis Kelsey yards. Who had more? Well, Damian Williams had uh, more yards than Mostert and Kittle combined by himself. And uh, all of us chose the Mostert and Kittle uh, combination. And so uh, let's talk a little fancy football 2020 with Damian Williams. So Damian Williams kind of slid him, fight himself at the back end of two seasons in a row. Uh, where are we roughly taking him next year? Uh, he's going to get taken before I care. That's even how I second, Even in the second round this year. God, he'll probably go in the second round next year. I, I, I wouldn't take him the third. I was thinking he'd be going in the third. I wouldn't take him till the fourth or maybe the fifth. But Mike, what about you? Um, yeah, I, you know it's just that offense. I mean, really, the the guy himself. If you just put him in a average offense, then you probably wouldn't care about him at all. But because he is an offense that fits his skill set, he's going to probably finish in the second round um, points again. Well, uh, he didn't finish in the second round, though. He was a bust for the first half of the season. But where where did he finish? I mean, like, as far as the end of the year, he finished probably someone. I mean, a lot of that had to do with LaShawn McCoy and the Chiefs, um, you know, trying different things. Yeah, the Chiefs not trusting him because he's not that good of a back. Exactly, exactly. Um, Right now, I have him as the 14th running back off the board. 14th running back off the board. Okay, so you probably figure there's probably, what, seven wide receivers mixed in there as well. Um, you're going to have uh, Travis Kelsey going off the board. I'm definitely not vamping because I'm looking up where Damian Williams ended up last year. Um, but, I mean, you do get into the question of, I kind of think um, the Chiefs might add somebody again um, at running back. They, I mean, they, they showed this year they, they don't, particularly trust Damian Williams outright and um, great. This app isn't working. Okay. We'll come back to it. I'm looking it up. um, I'm looking it up as well. And I'm probably ahead of you do to do. All right. He finished as all right, boys drum roll in half PPR. He finished the year as running back 35. Whoa. On a points-per-game basis, Damian Williams ended the year as running back 25. Second round. Yeah. He, <laughs> in, a <running> backs, <laughs> in a running backs only draft, he was third-round pick. <laughs> Didn't he write? I wrote at least one entire, no, at least two entire articles just about Damian Williams. Yeah, I mean, was there's, so ridiculous. there's a certain amount to be said here about how bad Damian Williams started the season. I mean, he finished super hot but he only ended the year with about 700 total yards and seven touchdowns in 11 games so it's like you know that the touchdowns will be over the course of 16 games that's what like that's like uh 1100 and i guess 10 touchdowns i mean the touchdowns are nice but he's just not that great of a back and he has durability issues there's a reason why they tried to to limit his touches all throughout the year to keep him healthy and why he wasn't healthy to start the year and why the question with him is always health. He's just not, he's an injury prone back. So that's why I kind of. Okay. But the the main question is, is and we'll find out when it comes to the draft is do they trust him now as the full-time back? And then if they do 25 to 14 or 15 is not that 
big of a questionable jump, I think. Well, you pointed out, Mike, they don't trust him. Yeah, they don't. They, I mean, they showed they don't trust him. That's the only thing is if you're projecting, if you're projecting his 11 games to 16 games and he doesn't lose any efficiency and he doesn't lose the uh, touches to somebody, um, then sure, he could be running back 14 or 15. I mean, it's it's not that big of a thing. It's just I'm, I, I'm not projecting Damian Williams, who is one of the oldest fantasy relevant running backs in the league right now to change who he is which is a guy who cannot handle a full workload. So that's my my thing. This is he's fine he'll be fine as a part of a committee sort of deal, but I don't think he can handle a full workload over the course of a full season. I mean, at this point he still hasn't shown. I mean, my big thing with him is that he had like 200 career carries in 5 seasons or something crazy like that. Right. And, Miami didn't and, use him at all. Yeah, and um I mean, he had 111 last year. He was only averaging about 10 carries per game. So, you know, it it's i don't know i i i probably shouldn't have brought this up because i'm kind of tired of talking about damian williams because <laughs> we're gonna have this here's the thing about damian williams and i'm sure you guys agree we're gonna have the same exact discussion about damian williams that we had last year he's just one year older it's gonna be the same exact points made if it's the same exact thing and and you know let's move on <laughs> yeah well to be, to be honest with you i don't even think i, I being where the Chiefs are, I don't see them not drafting um, DeAndre Swift or trading down a little bit and getting another running back. I, I, I there's no way they're going to hand the give the nod to Damian Williams and say, okay, he, he, you're our back. And they're in the position that they're in. I mean, they are in the position where you spend up for a running back. If the you know if you're the Jaguars, uh, and when you went and got Leonard Fournette, that was a bad idea because uh, running back's not going to get you to the promised land. But if you're the Chiefs and you can go out and get like a a Swift, like you said, Mike, um, that's that's the sort of thing that solidifies your offense for a first round pick. So, yeah, I think they're going to go get another guy. That's what I think they're going to do. I think they're going to do it in the draft because their cap is kind of a mess. They got a lot of guys they got to pay. And um, if it's if it's not um, if it's not Swift, I mean, there's a this is a deep, deep, deep running back class. There's a lot of guys that can help them out um, uh, throughout the uh, the whole thing. If they get like like Swift, like you said, Mike, or they trade back a little bit and get like Jonathan Taylor, um, that sort of thing, um, you know, who some people have as their uh, running back one over Swift in this draft, you know, um, or JK Dobbins, any of these guys would be, would be perfect in their offense. Cause they're all multifaceted. Once they get to like Zach Moss, Zach Moss, not great with hands or all that stuff. Um, but, um, but you know, there's, there's a lot of good running backs in this class that can help them. And they're all better than Damian Williams is what it comes down to. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, so through that one, neither one of us, none of us got a point, and we're going to talk about number of fake Andy Reeds shown. And I did not see a single Andy Reed. Uh, had it over under two and a half. We all took the over, but Mike asked if Kool Aid Man appearances uh, count, and there was a commercial with a Kool Aid Man. So I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna put this to Evan. Evan, should we give Mike half a point for calling a Kool Aid Man appearance? <laughs> no. No. What? what? <laughs> no. Oh, man. I went to the zoo and saw a walrus. Does that count as an Andy Reid appearance? Well, there was no walruses, but there was Mike. I mean, okay, all right, we'll leave it at oh. no then. So there was no fake Andy Reid shown. Um, 
uh, here, here's a, Germany over there. <laughs> I mean, there's I we could audible this to over under uh, one half uh, lawsuits for uh, the NFL threatening someone's eternal soul. Which, if you took the over, you would have won because uh, Coach Dave Dobbenmeyer uh, is suing the National Football League and Shakira and Jennifer Lopez for threatening his immortal soul. So, oh, all right. So, Mike wanted to know the longest touchdown of the game over 44 and a half yards or under 44 and a half yards. Uh, I took the over. Evan took the over. Mike took the under. And kind of the theme of the game was Damian Williams hurting me. Damian Williams, 38 yard touchdown run to seal the game was the longest touchdown of the game. Um, and so the under hit. So that means through three, we've got me with a point, Mike with a point, Evan with zero points. And you guys want to talk about Damian Williams for next year? <laughs> sure. <laughs> let's talk about something it. where I got it right. Yeah. All <laughs> right. So Evan, it won't be this one, which is, will there be a successful two point conversion? I'm I said five. I said yes. Evan said yes. Mike said no. Was there even was there an attempt? I don't remember there being an attempt for one. I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so. We we figured it would be a, a high flying one where somebody would have to go for a two point conversion. And uh, so uh, through uh, oh, Mike said no. Yeah. So through uh, what's this four now? Uh, I got a point. Mike's got two points. Evan's got zero points. So, all right, we're, uh, this is, uh, um, going, not going great for Evans so far, but then we switched to the puppy bowl and we had uh, team fluff at negative seven and a half or team rough, um, with, uh, as, uh, uh, sorry about that. We had team fluff as seven and a half point favorites in the puppy bowl versus team rough plus seven and a half, uh, down. So, um, Evan chose team rough. Mike chose team fluff. I chose team fluff, which if we were picking straight up. Mike and I would have a point, but we we're picking against the spread. So Evan, guess who's on the board, baby? <laughs> Me, the Kool-Aid man. You're the Kool-Aid man. So do you want to give a, a speech for finally getting on the board? I mean, I, I Googled it. <laughs> <laughs> I, was gonna, I just looked it up. Somebody said, I don't even remember Team Rough. Did they win? Uh, they covered. Okay. They covered the spread. And okay. so Evan's questions, will there be a safety? We all said, no, there's no safety. Not a lot to talk about there. I'm more uh, about. I thought they were good. They were. They were intriguing odds. You yes, know? this Evans were intriguing odds in more than anything else. Because uh, yes, at plus seven, uh, five hundred seventy-five was a good bet. Is I think what you were saying. Yeah, like yeah, something like that. And then the last t- touchdown scored by Levine Toilolo. Evan was. I, I'll. Uh, did you look that up? What did Levine Toilolo score the last touchdown? Did he play a snap? Yeah. Well, I'm not sure. I don't. I, you I know what? I, I'm sorry to get excited, but I think I, he was on the field a couple times. He, yeah, I think I remember them saying Levine Toilolo's name um, once or twice because I was like, "Oh, is he going to score the last touchdown?" He had five special team snaps. Oh no, this is the last game of the season. Here we go, playoffs. He had seven offensive snaps and six special team snaps. So thirteen How many touchdowns snaps. did he score? zero so we'll leave that as it is uh uh evan said yes he would score mike said why not which i'm taking as a yes and evan or, and i said no and guess what that ties me to the lead with mike i have three mike has three evan has I should two. get half a point for why not yes no nope. thank you no nope. no nope. wrong 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 <sighs> wrong 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 all right 
And then there was the the controversy where Evan rigged a question against us. Uh, more roughing the passer calls or holes in one at the Phoenix Open. And um, I don't remember there being a roughing the passer call in the Super Bowl. I didn't see it. Um, there was not. So Evan said the Phoenix Open, more holes in one. Mike and I said uh, roughing the passer calls. So Mike and I were wrong. Evan and was I just- correct. I just presented that because you all had the same reaction I did, where you were like, there's going to be more roughing the passer calls. Holes in one never happen. And then I ran the numbers, and I'm like, it's like three to one odds that it's going to be holes in one. Yeah. And, that, and then it had already happened. The, yeah. yeah. The, the, this question definitely violated my hole in one, I tell you. Hey, buddy. 19th hole. All right. Oh, it took so. me one try, huh? Cool. <laughs> So um, that gives us the final results of I had three correct prop bets. Mike had three correct prop bets and Evan had three correct prop bets. So nobody wins. <laughs> Yay! I pulled it out there. I'm just happy I was, had some skin in the race. After yeah, that five start. This is why I had to put it up to you, Evan, to see if Mike got half a point for uh, the Kool-Aid Man reference. Because if you had said yes, Mike would have won. But I knew I that. So I, I could not I could not put been... my thumb on the scale. What was the over-under on Eddie Reed? Was it 2.5? Yeah. yeah. If there had been three Kool-Aid Man sightings, I would have given it to him. That was what I was, uh... was really upon. Yeah. Okay. Well, still under. So if, if the, the hashtag baby nut commercial with the Kool-Aid Man had been like one of those commercials that does a series... And the Kool-Aid man showed up in all of them, then Mikey yeah, would have gotten it. I have a feeling hashtag baby nut is not going to get the traction that they think it is. Hashtag baby nut, baby. The worst hashtag in the so history of the world. So hashtag baby nut. Oh, boy. All right. So we'll put that to bed. No more talking about the Super Bowl at all, ever, ever again. Super Bowl live is dead. It has what was died. The score of the game? It was 20. 20 sleepers. Ah, you thought I was going to say 20 to 31, but it was 20, 20 sleepers. So we're going to move on. Uh, Mike, Evan, and myself, we each chose a couple sleepers. We had some discussion about what qualifies as a sleeper. So why don't we start with that? Uh, Because, Mike, you had an an opinion on a sleeper that actually one of your sleepers violates this, but I didn't want to bring that up. (laughs) Because Noah Noah Fant, who's your first sleeper, is a single-digit round pick by uh, expert consensus ranking. Uh, but but that, let's talk that about would, yeah, that would violate it absolutely yep. but let's let's talk about what is a sleeper so mike you you had an opinion of a sleeper so why don't we talk about that and then what differentiates a sleeper from a breakout okay so to me a sleeper is someone that is more in the lines of a dart throw um, that you feel can do much better um in the season so if you're at the end of your draft and you're like you know what this guy's ceiling is just huge so that's why i'm going to draft him um would be sort of a sleeper kind of kind of a guy okay and then so what uh, and uh, what differentiates that from a breakout is it the round is, is it a breakout's more like a round thing or a breakout to me it, it could be anywhere in the draft but like Chris Godwin, I think that's a great example of a breakout. Someone that you could see uh, just boiling to the surface. You're like, you see the potential, you see the numbers happening, and you know he's just going to explode during the season. And 
like the first few years, Chris Godwin, we saw it. We saw it moving up, moving up, moving up. And then he had, he blew up this season. So that would be like a breakout year for Chris Godwin. For me, it's all about draft capital. Mm-hmm. So what, 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 so you, what does that say to you, Evan, in terms of sleeper versus breakout? Sleeper is anything under five bucks. Okay. Sleeper is anything under five bucks. So, yeah. and then a- the, the guys that you just lottery tickets, I think Mike said that you just want to, pepper your team with not like guys that you're like i have a reasonable chance it was reasonably certain that chris godwin would would bust out you know these are guys where you're like ah that might happen i'll go with it cheap investment yeah so for me i have kind of a different definition from you guys and i can concede that my definition might be incorrect but what i what i see from a sleeper is uh, anybody who can dr- greatly outperform their draft value. Generally, that does lean towards the later rounds. But if I put a specific round on it, I couldn't have called, for example, a Lamar Jackson as a sleeper last year because I think he was going in like the ninth round. He, he definitely ended up as as a sleeper. And, you know, some might call him one of the best sleepers of all time because he turned in one of the best quarterback sleepers or quarterback seasons ever. Breakout is, you know, a guy who jumps four to five rounds worth of value might kind of put it right where it's a, you can see everything there. He's just got to all put it all together. Like I wouldn't call Michael Gallup in 2020 as a sleeper. I would call Michael Gallup as a breakout. We've kind of seen the pieces there of, of a, what a Michael Gallup, uh, you know, breakout campaign would look like. But, um, you know, we haven't seen, for example, uh, to just throw, um, I'm just, I can't even think, uh, Kiki QT, he flashed a little bit, but if he broke, you know, if he had a big year this year, he would be qualified as a sleeper. He, we haven't seen him put it all together really. He had like one or two really good games back in 2018. So it's, it's like, it's a guy, a sleeper is a guy who's going to just blow his draft capital out of the water. Okay. And a breakout to me is a guy who, um, is going to take an incremental step forward. Like, like Mike said, all the, all the pieces are there. And it's usually probably about a four or five round value jump for the player or, you know, a guy who goes from like a, a, a running back, like a guy, like if Damian Williams ended the year as a, as running back six or whatever, I would qualify that as a breakout, not a, uh, not as a sleeper, because we all kind of drafted him knowing that he'd have a, a high floor value or this is what we intended. And then he blows through that. So like Chris Godwin, like Mike said, that's, that's a, that's a great example of a breakout versus a sleeper. And, um, I just don't like to put round value or dollar value on it because it's the difference between perceived value in the draft and um, actual value when the season's over. And um, to be honest, I I think I said it in the group chat as the guy who does 32 sleepers and 32 breakouts every year, a sleeper is just, or a breakout is just a mealy mouth sleeper. It's a guy that you think, yeah, this guy will do better than, than he's being drafted at. But you know, I don't feel good enough about it to really hammer, hammer home how, how, uh, how great I think he's going to be. So that's kind of what it is for me. So, uh, we each chose a couple sleepers. None of us chose a quarterback. There's no quarterback sleepers here. And that kind of speaks a lot to the quarterback position. It's kind of a, uh, uh, once you get past seven or eight guys, it's kind of a, Actually, Evan, you said it was the after the top four. It's kind of flat for a while, and then yeah. If anything, Kyler Murray is my quarterback sleeper. Evan loves Kyler Murray so much, but he's going so, in the sixth round. So never mind. The world's well, that, caught up. My line of thinking. Sixth round for Kyler yeah. Murray. Oh wow. my gosh. That's gonna I be mean, what the one or two off the board, right? I would think. Or three. He's got to be three. That's got to be three off the board. I mean, unless yeah. we're going crazy for Deshaun Watson. 
five, six. He's seventh. Seventh off the board. Seven, seven quarterbacks in the first six, six rounds. rounds. Yep. All right, Four. I quit fantasy football. I'm I'm confused. People <laughs> just don't learn. Dude, this is gonna be oh. another year where I'm high on a, on Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson does well, and I don't draft Russell Wilson because I'm not insane. <laughs> yeah. I'm just I'm glad I have him in a dynasty league. That's all I gotta say. All right. So we'll start with Mike, a guy who stole my sleeper. I've been on the Noah Fant train for a while, but Mike thinks that Noah Fant is a sleeper. This is the guy that kind of violates uh, Mike's rule for what a sleeper he is, does. but I but I agree with him. Uh, so this is per Fantasy Pros expert consensus ranking because we don't have good ADP value or ADP right now. So tight end 11, 105 overall. So um, so Mike, let's talk about Noah Fant. I kind of don't want to talk about him now because you're right. It, it totally violates my my whole my idea of the sleeper. We're talking about your hole getting violated. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just you know, talk about it. pretend. Pretend I said he's tight end uh, sixteen 85. and uh, one thirty eight overall. Okay, that worked. Yeah. Um, so. It, the dude came into the draft last year uh, as either the first or second pick as far as the NFL draft, but obviously TJ Hawkinson was more of the fixture out of Iowa and not Fant. So Fant fell all the way down to the 20th pick, fell all the way down as a tight end. So, um, which I'm being sarcastic there, 20th pick <laughs> in the NFL draft is, is pretty good. Uh, so usually these guys go in the third or fourth round in the NFL draft. Uh, he, you know, he, he was in and out of the lineup this year, mostly due to his blocking capability. He's just not there yet, but he definitely has the potential to be a pretty good blocker. So you will see him improve coming into next year. So that that's going to be a good thing. Another good thing for him is Drew Locke. And finally, maybe, perhaps, John Elway finally got a – quarterback uh that is good uh, after i don't know how many he's gone through that were oh just gosh. absolutely horrible quarterbacks let's so. see hold on hold on brock osweiler paxton lynch case keenum uh am i missing one you remember when one of them cried joe flacco <laughs> joe flacco who cried i think it was paxton lynch Oh, he, he went out. It was it was it was heartbreaking. He went out there and played horribly, and just realized that he wasn't the future superstar, and just melted down on the bench. It was awful. Oh, wow. poor guy. That sucks. Paxton Lynch has mental problems, anyways. So hopefully he'll get better. Um, and then you know he did great for a rookie tight end. And as we know, everybody should stay away from rookie tight ends because mm-hmm. history has shown that if you're a rookie tight end, you're not going to see the field. Because you can't block. And this was the first year that a rookie tight end probably did as well as he did. He saw 67 targets, which was 11th in deep targets. He had 300 yards after the catch. So this, this totally speaks how great he is after the catch. Um, 14 yards per reception. I think that finished in like the 20th among all wide receivers. Um hmm. So even in wide wide receivers, he's up there with 14 yards per catch. The major problem, of course, was that the Denver's offense was just awful when it comes to passing. Uh, really, they didn't. I don't think they wanted to put Drew Locke out there this year, but 
it was so bad that they're just like, okay, let's let's just put him out there. Uh, just to give a testament to how bad the Denver Bronco offense was, Emmanuel Sanders, who played eight games, was second in touchdowns on the team. Um, so Sanders, who played eight games on the Denver Broncos, finished mm-hmm. second in t- touchdowns. And he was also up there in receptions, too. So it was just a really bad offense, and which really hurt his numbers. But I think um, everything is moving forward. They're going to get you know better on offense as they grow together. And he, f- he finished in 14th in PPR League, so I could see that increasing as well. Yeah, and um, I uh, I just had to go in and find it and retweet it. But um, Noah Fant, the reason he was one of my sleepers that I that I wanted to talk about, but uh, I let Mike Dibsum first. Was um, he's I think I brought the stat up last time, but he's one of six tight ends to have multiple hundred plus yard receiving games in their rookie year. Um, six, six ever have ever done that to have more than one game where they had over a hundred receiving yards. So. That speaks to kind of how special Noah Fant is and what his role, I think, in, in on this team will be going forward. Um, and he's one of three guys to do that um, where with 100 yard and a score, um, multiple games his rookie year, him, um, Mike Ditka. And I still didn't look him up, who this young guy is. He had four of them. <laughs> I'm going to say it was Steve Young before he converted to quarterback. Sure, why not? So uh, I agree with you, Mike. Noah Fant is a big sleeper, I think, for 2020. But he's kind of being drafted by that. So tight end 11, 105 overall. Hoping that uh, some hype trains take over and uh, let um, let him slip down the board a little bit. So Evan, your guy. You kind of already talked about him uh, before when we were talking uh, Kyler Murray. But you love Christian Kirk. Yeah. Yeah, he's going in the fifth round. And I think I would. I think I'd take him in the fourth round. Uh, Kyler Murray's going to have that, that that year two leap forward that all ex- elite talented guys do. And Kyler Murray is elite talent. He won the, again. I said the stat last week. He won the Texas State football championship three years in a row as quarterback. That's like the Super Bowl of high school football. So he, Isabella's. I mean, Kirk is his favorite. Kirk's going to have the the highest wind in his sails. I like Andy Isabella too in the twelfth. If you want, if you want the traditional de- definition of sleeper, uh, because uh, I have to imagine Fitzgerald probably wants to retire at this point. He's coming if, back. Oh, he is. Yeah. Well, hmm. Still, they're young. Isabella ran a four three forty at the combine. They're talented. Yeah, I like that Arizona receiving core. Okay. All right. I mean, yeah, Christian Kirk was a guy that I was in on last year, um, but the uh, the Kyler Murray uh, experience kind of held him down a little bit. How do you feel about Christian Kirk, Mike? Yeah, I, I think he's one of those like Chris Godwin types. I don't expect the same similar numbers just because the offense really needs more of an improvement, especially on that offensive line. But I, I do see him really taking a giant step forward. Okay. Yeah, I I. I can't disagree with that so for the other for the other sleepers i have like lots of stats but under my isabella page i just said get kyler murray (laughs) gonna get good like i don't need numbers get good get good um so um the my first sleeper uh that i chose um for uh for this one it is curtis samuel and it curtis samuel was a guy that i was in on last year um after his uh rookie campaign he is going to be uh, sophomore, or sorry, uh, third year this year. 
Uh, he ranked 51st in wide receiver receiving yards last year, but he ranked ninth in air yards. And he had um, Will Greer and what was it? Kyle Allen. Was Kyle Allen the quarterback there for a while in yes, Carolina? Yeah, Will Greer, Kyle Allen throwing him the football. They're both garbage. Um, so he had, so there's a, do you guys know what RACR is? Racer. Race I like car. to call it. Race car. I like to call it racer. Reception after catch. I don't know. Nah, it's it's receiver air yards conversion ratio. I would have called it something different, uh, but what it is is the receiving yards over their air yards. So how many? It it kind of rolls up catches, yards after the catch, you know, all that stuff into one metric, and it, it's it's an efficiency ratio. So in his rookie year, um, Curtis Samuel had a point six three, which is which is good. That's that's sort of an, an above average thing. That's it's it's a good uh, RACR to have. Last year his RACR was under 0.4. It was 0.39. So if he just goes back to that prior year that he if he was as efficient as he was his rookie year, which all that needs to happen is he gets passes from not Will Greer and not Kyle Allen. Um, he should get close to that. But if he just goes straight back to how many air yards he had last year with his efficiency of his rookie year. That comes out to 1,013 yards and 10 and a half touchdowns. And he is currently going um, right now by expert consensus ranking. He is the um, 46 wide receiver off the board, and he's 107 overall. So he's going a couple picks behind um, uh, Mike's uh, Noah Fant there. And I just, I kind of see him taking, finally taking that big step forward. He is the deep threat guy there. In um, Carolina, his average depth of target is 15. DJ's Moore's is around 11. Um, I just feel like he was the beneficiary of a lot of, or whatever the opposite of a beneficiary is, uh, (laughs) of a lot of bad luck last year. Um, Bad quarterbacks throwing him bad footballs that he never had a shot on. And, you know, you don't go from being a .63 RACR guy to .39. That's, That's like all of a sudden forgetting how to catch. Um, from your sophomore year to, or from your rookie year to your sophomore year. So I see Curtis Samuel taking a step forward next year. Um, you know, they'll the defenses will focus more on DJ Moore. They should have a better quarterback there. And um, I feel like uh, the uh, everything that I saw from Curtis Samuel last year is finally going to come to fruition. And uh, sorry for all the numbers there. I know Evan, when he was on the interview on uh, Fantasy Sports Radio, said it's not like you're in math class. And I just took you guys to math class there. But <laughs> Long and the short of it, let me put it a different way. If he goes back to being, uh, if he gets the good targets he got from his rookie year and he converts them into catches and yards at the same rate he did his rookie year and he gets as many air yards as he did last year, he will have a great season. He was, like I said, top 10 in air yards and he was 51st in total yards. He had an extraordinarily unlucky year and I think that that bounces back this year. So how do you guys feel about uh, Curtis Samuel there after I took you to math class? Evan, wake up. Well, I don't think it's a guarantee that he'll have a – I don't think there's a guarantee that he'll have a, a good quarterback. Well, he will he'll have – so my thought on that is uh, Cam Newton wasn't a good quarterback, but Will Greer and Kyle Allen were just absolutely dreadful. So that's kind of how I feel about that. I don't think they're going to have Newton. No, but Newton is the, the I didn't say they were going to have Newton. I said his, what he did his rookie year with Cam Newton. Cam Newton isn't good as a quarterback. So you only have to get back to like league average. I think I think the new the new guard is going to try those two horrible rookies again. Why? 
Because they're new and they picked them and they're dumb. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying is there it's a new you said it yourself. It's a new guard. They have no loyalty to Kyle Allen and Will Greer. And I think Kyle Allen and Will Greer put enough on the field last oh, year. Oh, are so. they in are they in this year? I thought they were in last year. The 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 new offense came in this year. They fired Ron Rivera last year and it was an interim guy. Oh, don't they have didn't they get a new general manager last year? That's what I was talking about. Sorry, I should have been more specific. Panthers. I'll I'll Google this while we fill time. Uh, if if they did get one, uh, if they didn't, if the if their man, if their GM wasn't the GM when they picked those quarterbacks, then yeah, definitely on board with you. Yeah. Uh, let's see. So their GM is uh, Marty Herney. Uh, let's. See. I don't think he... either one of those quarterbacks fit the RPO system. No, I don't think I think I've, I think Mike's right. They don't. It doesn't fit what the new coaching staff is going to do. So I think I think they're out personally. Um, plus, they don't have a lot invested in them, um, and yeah. they suck. They suck is what it comes down to. They're not good. He's so. been around for two 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 seasons. So yeah, that's he can see they suck and cut him. He's got no fealty <laughs> to them. Yeah. All right. Cool. I'm on board. All right, so Mike, you want to talk about uh, a guy who tore his ACL last year, Preston Williams, wide receiver, 48, 118 overall um, <laughs> in uh, expert consensus ranking. So let's talk about Preston Williams real quick. Yeah, you know, I love Preston Williams. I, I've, he, he's a total undrafted uh, a free agent that went to the Dolphins because Dolphins didn't have really anybody at, at the wide receiver position coming into the start of the draft. They didn't really even have a quarterback. Devontae Parker at the time was someone who just really never lived up potential. So interesting enough that Preston Williams was the, the wide receiver that was the most consistent when the Dolphins were supremely bad. I mean, remember when those Dolphin teams were putting up 10 points per game? Uh, Preston Williams was the most consistent receiver during those down times. Come week eight. Tears his, I believe, his ACL, whatever, bad knee, whatever, he out for the season. Um, and then the offense takes off with Devontae Parker. So I don't know how to take that. I don't know. I mean, it's hard to say, okay, well, Preston Williams, you know, it was we were just waiting for your ACL to bust. But for whatever reasons, offense finally gelled and took off with Devontae Parker, which means that Devontae Parker is probably going to go into the season as the number one uh, wide receiver has more talent, um, been, is the veteran, those kind of things. Uh, I really like Williams. Uh, he's a big target, 6'5", 218 pounds. So he's he's a big body guy. And he was doing great. I mean, really, if, if you look at his numbers, he saw 60 targets in eight games and caught 32 of those for 428 yards and three touchdowns in a really, really, really bad offense. So... I think that Devontae Parker taking over the number one role will allow Preston Williams, who was the one number one receiver probably at the time, to take now be the number two. Will take on the less corner, less skilled cornerbacks. Uh, will be able to sort of get up in the air for Ryan Fitzpatrick if they do decide to keep him. Which you know, come on, they will. And he, he's going to be, I think, a really good player. Even though coming off an ACL, we're talking about, you know, a dart throw at the end of your draft. I would take 100% risk on it and go with it. I mean, yeah, he's he's going late enough that you can uh, you can take the risk on it. I mean, my only 
My only concern is did they see enough from Devontae Parker to kind of funnel everything his direction and that um, Preston Williams isn't going to get enough. That's my only concern, but you're getting him uh, so late um, uh, that um, if you, if something goes sideways, it doesn't matter. I think maybe yeah. that's the that's the definition of a sleeper is that if it goes sideways, it doesn't matter because it was such a uh, a cheap, uh, cheap, uh, cheap choice to uh to get so um so yeah i mean i I like preston williams uh he um he's a good player he's a quality player actually picked him up the week he tore his acl and had two touchdowns in the same game and i was like all right great well thanks for the game but i will see you next year (laughs) see you next year yeah see you later and uh, i felt bad because i thought i was uh, he tore his acl like on one of the last plays of the game so i was all excited i was watching you know preston williams rack up points and then out for the year at the end of the game. So uh, he gave everything to give my team a victory, I guess, is what it is. So um, so we'll go ahead and move on to Evan. Evan's got one that uh, you got a lot of convincing to do here, bud. Ronald Jones, the second R Joe two, as we call or Rojo two, as we called him running back 31, 83 overall. Yeah, I put it in my what? shirt. I put, I, put it, I put it in our discussion chat. 2019 Evan just shuddered and he doesn't know yeah. why. Yeah, what's uh, your problem here? What is what is your deal? What are you Rojo, trying to do? Our big knock on him was he wasn't talented and he was Correct. in a committee. Uh, he showed talent this year. Uh, Peyton Barber's contract's up and he hasn't renewed it. He might be the sole back. They were they gave him over 18 carries twice last year, 18 or more carries. Uh, watching him, he looked like a different player, but I can't show him to you on the radio, so I have a lot of numbers here. Uh, he Welcome was, to math class. Yeah. <laughs> he was in yards after carry, total yards after carry. And keep in mind, he only got 180, 190 carries. He, he wasn't there. He was 17th overall. If you do uh, yards per yards after carry per attempt, he was 13th. And even even better to show the skill that he's showing now. Uh, yards after contact per attempt? Yeah. Okay. I was, I, I was trying to track and it lost my I, first. I'm time. trying to scale it because... Uh, to, to even the playing field with people who got like 300 carries, you yeah. know? Uh, but speaking of that, broken tackles. He was 11th overall, and if you do how many attempts he made to get a broken tackle, he was fourth. The dude looks great all of a sudden. I, I, I know I was bad on him before, but watching him this season, I was like, wow, you figured it out. And he's on a, he's on a, a high-moving a high offense with a quarterback that needs – that needs a safe running back to do it. He's 200 pounds, 205 pounds. He can carry the rock uh, uh, 20 times, presumably, because he's not light. And yeah, I like Ronald Jones. He's going in the, oops, I just had it open here. He's going in the, what round are you going in in HPPR, Mr. Jones? He's going in the ninth round here. Yeah. So, all right. So that's a nice, uh, nice late throw. <laughs> I'm going to, I, my my mom taught me if you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. So, Mike, do you have any opinions on Ronald Jones? You know, as long as he's in that Tampa Bay offense, it's just going to be really hard for him to do anything unless Peyton Barber goes bye bye. Uh, and I even see the the Bucks like bringing in a quarter a run another running back off the draft, and that team's extremely such an offensive passing team that just they can go by committee, and so. It's it's tough, but I mean, if 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 there's any running back that are on the Bucks that have shown promise, it is Ronald Jones. 
All right, Evan, I'll make you a deal. If they invest in the offensive line, I'll be right alongside you. I was thinking I was they just don't need up. to fourth in broken tackles for attempt. So if you break <laughs> tackles three yards behind the line of scrimmage and you only get to the one yard, you know, one <laughs> yard past the he's line of scrimmage, off, he's his own line. He's his own line. Okay, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna remind 2019 Evan of how he felt about Josh Jacobs and the Raiders' offensive line because that we were having the same argument but backwards. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. So. So but, if, but if that's the, more my hometown team, that's more reverse Homer bias. Reverse like, Homerism? Yeah, I just think poorly of my favorite team, the Raiders. Yeah. So if they invest in that offensive line, I'll 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 co-sign that for you, Evan. How's that sound? Okay. All right, cool. They need to. Can't have another 30 interception season. Come on, people. Hey, but Jameis got LASIK. It's all LASIK. That was it's such a good, good PR. That was such a good PR move. It's all good, baby. He's gonna go from a 30-30 to a 20-20. Thanks, folks. Tip your waiters. All right. My guy is, I i don't think this needs any convincing because he had a great rookie year, wonderful, and he's going to have a huge sophomore. He's going to build on it huge. Patriots wide receiver, Nikhil Harry. <laughs> he was great last year, right, guys? Everything we thought he was going to do. Oh, yeah, totally. Stud. Stud uh, he's wide receiver, 53 off the board, 133 overall. We had an argument about what constitutes a sleeper. I had the most liberal definition of the sleeper, and I have the deepest sleeper out of everybody based on overall rank. Nikhil Harry. Let me tell you about Nikhil Harry. So if I could offer you a guy who went in the first round last year, just turned 22, just turned 22. He is uh, first round last year, pre-draft comps to... Allen Robinson to Des Bryant to Alshon Jeffrey. We saw all of those. Des was the one I narrowed in on. 6'4, 225. He missed the first 10 weeks of the season with an ankle injury. They threw him on IR. They said, We don't need you. We got Antonio Brown and Josh Gordon. See you later, Nikhil. We'll see you at the end of the year. Well, we know how that worked out for him. Josh Gordon uh, flamed out there. Antonio Brown is currently in the, I don't know what he's doing. I haven't heard from him in like two weeks and it's starting to make me nervous because I don't know what Antonio Brown's up to these days. So they have a need there for a wide receiver too to go with Julian Edelman that they tried to address last year. They had Josh Gordon. They went out and they acquired Antonio Brown. They tried to make it work. So they know that they need this. Like I said, made his debut in week 11 last year. He had an ankle, toe, and hamstring injury, all kind of cascading injuries that all went together. They said, you know what, Nikhil, go go rest up. He didn't make his debut till week 11, but over the course of the rest of the regular season, 24 targets over seven games, 153 total yards, two touchdowns. Not inspiring, okay? Not, not that um, inspiring. But the reason I kind of look towards Nikhil Harry was I remember, and I'm going to put Waleed on blast for the 500th time for this. Uh, before the season, I was looking at, on the, in the Scott Fishbowl, I was looking at DJ Chark. And DJ Chark had a huge breakout. We kind of, or a huge sleeper campaign. We kind of all forgot about him after his rookie year in which he had 32 targets, 174 yards in 11 games. Somewhat comparable on a per game, much worse than Nikhil Harry, but somewhat comparable over the course of the year to what Nikhil Harry did. He finished 2019 as the wide receiver 18. So with DJ Chark, we kind of wrote him off too early. Mike Williams, 2017, 
23 targets over 10 games, 95 yards. Mike Williams, his sophomore year, was wide receiver 29 in 2018. So I'm saying it's going to go Mike Williams, DJ Chark, Nikhil Harry. Nikhil Harry is going to be a big sleeper this year, and I'm putting my putting my finger on Nikhil Harry right now to say this is my guy. This is my where, dude. Where would you pick him? What round? Where, where would I pick Nikhil Harry? I would yeah. take Nikhil Harry in the, let's see, it's 133 uh, ranked. I would probably take him in the 11th round. Maybe I'm 10th round. Looking at, are you looking at half PPR ADP on Fantasy Football Calculator? No, I'm looking at uh, Fantasy Pro's expert consensus ranking half PPR on okay. Fantasy He's Pro's. 701. On okay, Football. you know what? I think I cracked the code on Fantasy Football Calculator. Dynasty startup drafts. Oh, do they not take those out? That's got to be it. That makes it that's useless. The only, that's the only reason why Nikhil Harry's going in that's the seventh Portland round and Portland Sutton, Sutton yeah. is going in the top of the second. Well, that's the only thing goal. that makes sense. All right, I'm closing this window. That's got to be it, because there's absolutely no reason why Nikhil Harry should be going in the seventh round. None. Agreed. Agreed. Zero. Zilch. Nada. Zip. Mike, I'm sure you're there. Oh, yeah. Neither one should be going where they're going. Okay. So that's got to include Dynasty startup drafts, which arguably I could see... I mean, I don't agree with it, but I could see somebody getting hyped on Nikhil Harry and taking him there, or some sort of yeah suppl- no, supplemental drafts. Draft. There no, you, draft I think you sold us Absolutely. already. Yeah, yeah, or some sort of like uh, you know, one of the dynasty leagues I'm in, you can throw back players, and if somebody threw back Nikhil Harry, I could see him. You know, okay, okay, fancy football calculator, you're canceled. You're canceled. You're dead to us until you get some better data, and then we'll be right back there. So, fantasy football calculator is usually such a great site for data. Well, it it is later in the year, but it's the middle of February, and so you know there's a lot of stuff going on right now in in terms of drafts that don't make sense for a uh, 2020 redraft. What we're looking at. So that's why I went to fantasy pros. Was I was like, you know what? I'm gonna see what the pros are saying about it. Not you know whatever noise might be happening on fantasy football calculator. So, okay. Now, now it makes sense. Now the Cortland Sutton round two thing kind of makes sense to me. I get it. I don't agree with it, but I get it. I get it. Okay. All right. So those are our sleepers. I think that's all of them. Um, uh, Mike had Noah Fant and Preston Williams. Evan had Christian Kirk and Rojo two. And I had Curtis Samuel for the second straight year. And then Nikhil Harry, I believe in Nikhil Harry. I'm going to do it. Nobody can break that of me. So, all right. So that'll do it. I think unless you guys have anything to add about any of your sleepers, any stat that you you forgot to talk about or anything or anything like that. Any bonus sleepers? Yeah, I got bonus sleepers. Hunter Renfro really clicked with uh, uh-huh. uh, David, Derek at the end of the year. Uh, he had over hundred yards and a score in the last two games. Uh, John New Smith seemed to be uh, the guy, Ryan, Ryan Tannehill was looking to, even though he didn't have good stats in the postseason. Uh, he had double digits three of his last four regular season weeks. Uh, Devin Singletary, seven of the first 12 weeks, seven of the first 10 weeks, he had at least 11.7 in HPPR points. Uh, Thurman Thomas recently said that Singletary reminds him of Barry Sanders. He had 76 receiving yards in that one playoff game. So those are my bonuses. All right. Mike had a whole mess of them. Any ones you feel good about bringing up? Uh, I'd probably go in the directions of uh, James Washington and Deontay Johnson on the Steelers. Uh, Corey Davis is now a sleeper. No, he's not. Mike, 
He's trash. He's I've forsaken Corey Davis. <laughs> I, right. You know, he's going so late now that it, it might as well be a sleeper of some sort. Yeah, fair enough. All right. So that'll do it for today's episode of the Football Absurdity Podcast. I have one last sleeper. This is for you, Josh. Dante Pettis. I don't actually believe that, but I had to get my one Dante Pettis reference in for this episode. So um, we will be back for our patrons on Friday. We're going to be talking about the combine. Like I said, uh, drills that don't make sense um, and some rookies that we're excited to see uh, what their combine numbers are going to be. If that's something that interests you, go ahead, sign up for our Patreon, patreon.com slash football absurdity. If you just want to get in on the discussion, tiny.cc slash absurdity that'll get you to our discord where the uh the conversation is happening if you don't want to miss an article we're in the middle of our what to remember series almost done with it about two-thirds of the way done go ahead follow us on twitter at fball absurdity you'll get every article as it goes up so thanks for listening everybody for mike for evan you have a good one Evan, where's the bye-bye? Oh, I muted myself when I did it. I guess I had my mic on, and I just instinctively clicked it. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.